Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, August 24th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there will be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ki Tetzi, and it means, When you go out. Deuteronomy 23, 13-25 Further, there shall be an area for you outside the camp where you may relieve yourself. With your gear, you shall have a spike, and when you have squatted, you shall dig a hole with it and cover up your excrement. Since Hashem your God moves about in your camp to protect you and to deliver your enemies to you, let your camp be holy. Let him not find anything unseemly among you and turn away from you. You shall not turn over to his master a slave who seeks refuge with you from his master. He shall live with you in any place he may choose among the settlements in your midst, wherever he pleases. You must not ill-treat him. No Israelite woman shall be a cult prostitute, nor shall any Israelite man be a cult prostitute. You shall not bring the fee of a whore or the pay of a dog into the house of Hashem, your God, in fulfillment of any vow, for both are abhorrent to Hashem your God. You shall not deduct interest from loans to your countrymen, whether in money or food or anything else that can be deducted as interest. 
but you may deduct interest from loans to foreigners. Do not deduct interest from loans to your countrymen, so that Hashem your God may bless you in all your undertakings in the land that you are about to enter and possess. When you make a vow to Hashem your God, do not put off fulfilling it, for Hashem your God will require it of you, and you will have incurred guilt, whereas you incur no guilt if you refrain from vowing. You must fulfill what has crossed your lips and perform what you have voluntarily vowed to Hashem your God, having made the promise with your own mouth. When you enter another man's vineyard, you may eat as many grapes as you want until you are full, but you must not put any in your vessel. When you enter another man's field of standing grain, you may pluck ears with your hand, but you must not put a sickle to your neighbor's grain. Job 12, 1-15, 35 Then Job said in reply, Indeed, you are the voice of the people, and wisdom will die with you. But I, like you, have a mind, and am not less than you. Who does not know such things? I have become a laughingstock to my friend, one who calls to Hashem and is answered, blamelessly innocent, a laughingstock. In the thought of the complacent there is contempt for calamity. It is ready for those whose foot slips. Robbers live untroubled in their tents, and those who provoke Hashem are secure, those whom Hashem's hands have produced. But ask the beasts, and they will teach you, the birds of the sky, they will tell you, or speak to the earth, it will teach you, the fish of the sea, they will inform you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of Hashem has done this? In His hand is every living soul and the breath of all mankind. Truly, the ear tests arguments, as the palate tastes foods. Is wisdom in the aged and understanding in the long-lived? With Him are wisdom and courage. His are counsel and understanding. Whatever He tears down cannot be rebuilt. Whomever he imprisons cannot be set free. When he holds back the waters, they dry up. When he lets them loose, they tear up the land. With him are strength and resourcefulness. Erring and causing to err are from him. He makes counselors go about naked and causes judges to go mad. He undoes the belts of kings and fastens loincloths on them. He makes Kohanim go about naked and leads temple servants astray. He deprives trusty men of speech and takes away the reason of elders. He pours disgrace upon great men and loosens the belt of the mighty. He draws mysteries out of the darkness and brings obscurities to light. He exalts nations and then destroys them. He expands nations, then leads them away. He deranges the leaders of the people and makes them wander in a trackless waste. They grope without light in the darkness. He makes them wander as if drunk. My eye has seen all of this. My ear has heard and understood it. What you know, I know also. I am not less than you. Indeed, I would speak to the Almighty. I insist on arguing with Hashem. But you invent lies. All of you are quacks. 
If you would only keep quiet, it would be considered wisdom on your part. Hear now my arguments. Listen to my pleading. Will you speak unjustly on Hashem's behalf? Will you speak deceitfully for Him? Will you be partial toward Him? Will you plead Hashem's cause? Will it go well when He examines you? Will you fool Him as one fools men? He will surely reprove you if in your heart you are partial toward Him. His threat will terrify you and His fear will seize you. Your briefs are empty platitudes. Your responses are unsubstantial. Keep quiet. I will have my say. Come what may upon me. How long? I will take my flesh and my teeth. I will take my life in my hands. He may well slay me. I may have no hope. Yet I will argue my case before him. In this too is my salvation, that no impious man can come into his presence. Listen closely to my words. Give ear to my discourse. See now, I have prepared a cause, a case. I know that I will win it. For who is it that would challenge me? I should then keep silent and expire. But two things do not do to me, so that I need not hide from you. Remove your hand from me, and let not your terror frighten me. Then summon me, and I will respond, or I will speak, and you will reply to me. How many are my iniquities and sins? Advise me of my transgression and sin. Why do you hide your face and treat me like an enemy? Will you harass a driven leaf? Will you pursue dried-up straw? that you decree for me bitter things and make me answer for the iniquities of my youth, that you put my feet in the stocks and watch all my ways humming in my footsteps. Man wastes away like a rotten thing, like a garment eaten by moths. Man born of woman is short-lived and sated with trouble. He blossoms like a flower and withers. He vanishes like a shadow and does not endure. Do you fix your gaze on such a one? Will you go to law with me? Who can produce a clean thing out of an unclean one? No one. His days are determined. You know the number of his months. You have set him limits that he cannot pass. Turn away from him that he may be at ease, until, like a hireling, he finishes out his day. There is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will renew itself. Its shoots will not cease. If its roots are old in the earth and its stump dies in the ground, at the scent of water it will bud and produce branches like a sapling. But mortals languish and die. Man expires. Where is he? The waters of the sea fail and the river dries up and is parched. So man lies down never to rise. He will awaken only when the heavens are no more, only then be aroused from his sleep. Oh, that you would hide me in Sheol, conceal me until your anger passes. Set me a fixed time to attend to me. If a man dies, can he live again? All the time of my service I wait until my replacement comes. You would call and I would answer you. You would set your heart on your handiwork. Then you would not count my steps or keep watch over my sin. My transgression would be sealed up in a pouch. You would coat 
over my iniquity. Mountains collapse and crumble. Rocks are dislodged from their place. Water wears away stone. Torrents wash away earth. So you destroy man's hope. You overpower him forever, and he perishes. You alter his visage and dispatch him. His sons attain honor, and he does not know it. They are humbled, and he is not aware of it. He feels only the pain of his flesh, and his spirit mourns in him. Eliphaz the Temanite said in reply, Does a wise man answer with windy opinions and fill his belly with the east wind? Should he argue with useless talk, with words that are of no worth? You subvert piety and restrain prayer to Hashem. Your sinfulness dictates your speech, so you choose crafty language. Your own mouth condemns you, not I. Your lips testify against you. Were you the first man born? Were you created before the hills? Have you listened in on the counsel of Hashem? Have you sold possession of wisdom? What do you know that we do not know, or understand that we do not? Among us are gray-haired old men, older by far than your father. Are Hashem's consolations not enough for you and His gentle words to you? How your heart has carried you away, how your eyes have failed you, that you could vent your anger on Hashem and let such words come out of your mouth. What is man that he can be cleared of guilt, one born of woman that he be in the right? He puts no trust in his holy ones. The heavens are not guiltless in his sight. What then of one loathsome and fell man who drinks wrongdoing like water? I will hold forth, listen to me. What I have seen, I will declare, that which wise men have transmitted from their fathers and have not withheld. To whom alone the land was given, no stranger passing among them. The wicked man writhes in torment all his days. Few years are reserved for the ruthless. Frightening sounds fill his ears. When he is at ease, a robber falls upon him. He is never sure he will come back from the dark. A sword stares him in the face. He wanders about for bread. Where is it? He knows that the day of darkness has been readied for him. Troubles terrify him. Anxiety overpowers him, like a king expecting a siege. For he has raised his arm against Hashem and played the hero against the Almighty. He runs at him defiantly with his thickly bossed shield. His face is covered with fat, and his loins with blubber. He dwells in cities doomed to ruin, in houses that shall not be lived in, that are destined to become heaps of rubble. He will not be rich, his wealth will not endure, his produce shall not bend to the earth. He will never get away from the darkness, flames will sear his shoots, he will pass away by the breath of his mouth. He will not be trusted. He will be misled by falsehood, and falsehood will be his recompense. He will wither before his time, his bows never having flourished. He will drop his unripe grapes like a vine. He will shed his blossoms like an olive tree. For the company of the impious is desolate. Fire consumes the tents of the briber. For they have conceived mischief, given birth to evil, and their womb has produced deceit.
1 Corinthians 15:29-58 Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all why are they then baptized for the dead and why stand we in jeopardy every hour I protest by your rejoicing which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord I die daily If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. But some man will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? You fool, that which you sow is not quickened except it die. And that which you sow, you sow not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as it has pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies, and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall it be brought to pass the saying that is written, 
Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Psalm 39, 1-13 I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I sin not with my mouth. I will keep my mouth with a bridle, while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence, I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me, while I was musing the fire burned, and then spoke I with my tongue. Lord, make me to know my end, and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, you have made my days as a handbreadth, and my age is as nothing before you. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. Surely every man walks in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heaps up riches and knows not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. I was dumb. I opened not my mouth, because you did it. Remove your stroke away from me. I am consumed by the blow of your hand. When you, with rebuke, do correct man for iniquity, you make his beauty to consume away like a moth. Surely every man is vanity. Selah. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with you and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. O spare me, that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. Proverbs 21, 30 and 31 There is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want to zoom in on the part where he says, Behold, I show you a mystery. This is chapter 15, verse 51. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So what I want to do is cross-reference that with the seven trumpets that are spoken of in the book of Revelation, because this is a clue for us at the sound of the last trump. And so is it possible that the seven trumpets of Revelation 
with the, the sounding of each of those trumpets, we get a terrible judgment that comes upon the earth. But that when we get to the seventh trumpet, that this event that is spoken of in 1 Corinthians will happen. That all of a sudden, we become immortal at the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump. The dead shall rise, and we shall be changed. So let's go into Revelation and do a bit of a deep dive. And in Revelation, we see a series of judgments that come upon the earth. At the sound of the first trumpet, we see hail and fire falling to the earth, and this may well be associated to the Gog-Magog War. The second trumpet, spoken of in Revelation chapter 8, verse 8, we see a huge mountain ablaze, and it's thrown into the sea. The third trumpet, we see the star Wormwood, and it falls from the sky, and the waters become bitter. The fourth trumpet, at the sounding of the fourth trumpet, one-third of the sun, moon, and stars are struck, and one-third of the day is without light. At the sounding of the fifth trumpet, we see a deep impact. A star strikes the earth, and locusts are released, and for five months they torment men, and there's total darkness upon the earth. At the sixth trumpet, four angels are released, and one-third of mankind is killed. And then we get into the seventh trumpet. So in Revelation chapter 10, verse 7, this sets the stage. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished, as he declared to his servants the prophets. And then... In the verses following, John eats this little book, and then we get into Revelation chapter 11. Now, the seventh trumpet sounding happens in Revelation 11.15, but the verses just prior to that, verses 1 through 14, talks about the two witnesses, and the God gives power to the two witnesses, and they prophesy for 1,260 days, which is three and a half years, 42 months. And so they have special power. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants him to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. But then after 1260 days are completed, they are killed. In verse 7, when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Their dead bodies will lie in the street, and um, people will be rejoicing and making merry and sending gifts to one another because these two prophets who tormented them have died. Then the witnesses are resurrected. Okay, at the end of the 1260 days, they are re resurrected from the dead. And then we get into the sounding of the seventh trumpet. So the sounding of the second, seventh trumpet happens after the 1260 days of the Great Tribulation. After the two witnesses have done their ministry and completed it and they've been killed, murdered, and they've resurrected. 
then the sounding of the seventh trumpet happens. So what that tells me is, if we cross-reference this back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, it says, again, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So to me, what that shows me is that if we haven't died during that three and a half year tribulation period, if we're alive, we're going to go through it. We're going to be here to experience and go through the three and a half year tribulation period. And at the end of the three and a half year period, at the sounding of the seventh trumpet, the last trumpet, then we're translated. Then we go from being corruptible to incorruptible. We're giving a new glorified body. So let's just read Revelation 11, verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign for ever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and they worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake, and great hail. So, to me, this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that we just looked at, when we connect it to the seventh trumpet, the sounding of the seventh trumpet, that seventh trumpet is sounded after the 1260 days of great tribulation, after the two witnesses have completed their 1260-day ministry on the earth, then they're murdered, they're resurrected, and then we see the sounding of the seventh trumpet. And the sounding of that seventh trumpet, when we connect that back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, is when those of us who are alive at the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we who are alive shall be changed. So this happens at the end of the 1260-day Great Tribulation period, which means we're going to go through it, unless you happen to die. We're going to go through it. We're going to be here on the earth when the Great Tribulation happens. So I could be wrong. There could be other ways to interpret this. But I guess what I'm saying is if we prepare spiritually, emotionally, and mentally to go through the Great Tribulation, then if we don't have to go through it, that's great. 
but at least we've prepared. Because those who expect to be poofed out of here at the beginning of the tribulation and not go through any of the judgments, not go through this time known as the Great Tribulation, if they're expecting to be poofed out of here through the, you know, pre-tribulation rapture, and then it doesn't happen, their faith will be shipwrecked. But God, I wasn't supposed to go through this. I'd much rather prepare to go through it and be pleasantly surprised than to not prepare and expect to be, you know, have this presumptuous expectation that you're not going to go through any tribulation period. And then when you don't get poofed out of here, you're in for a rude awakening. So um, we need to mentally and emotionally and spiritually gear up and prepare because perilous times are already here. They are already here. It's, it's a tough time to live right now. I just saw a news headline um, about people having a tough... Pe- America is at the breaking point. America is at the breaking point, And people are really struggling to make ends meet. And um, pay the rent and pay the bills. And be 10 signs that in America we have reached a breaking point point. This is from Mike Adams Natural News. Ten signs that America that American people have reached a breaking point. Number one, the lawless Democrats are drunk with power and are making a mockery of the rule of law. Number two, American cities are collapsing into violence, mental illness, shoplifting, and ruin. Number three, the corporations are going insane with the virtue signaling, like Skittles candy promoting black trans lives matter, or Target promoting genital mutilation swimsuits for children. Number four, more and more Americans are waking up to the theft by inflation caused by Biden's never-ending money printing, and they are angry. Number, well, that was number four. Number five, it's now obvious that the 2020 election was stolen and that the Biden regime completely ignores whatever court rulings it doesn't like. Number six, false flag operations are being run against the American people and they are getting sloppy and obvious, such as the huge Maui fires. And the Lahaina fire operation was very sloppy. It's almost like they no longer care that the people are aware that it was all staged. The warning sirens were turned off. The fire department was ordered to stand down. The roads were blocked. And now we learn that the local water supply was turned off to make sure no one could fight the fires themselves. Hundreds of children were burned alive. And Hawaii's governor has now swooped in and has declared that he can't wait to have the government of Hawaii seize the land and take it away from those chil- those whose children died there. This is tyranny. Okay, number seven, pedophilia is fully embraced by Democrats and the left who now oppose films and articles that expose rampant pedophilia and child trafficking. Number eight, the climate cult has expanded into a globally shared mental illness 
where brainwashed people imagine the planet being destroyed unless they exterminate billions of humans to stop their activity. Number nine, the development of depopulation bioweapons continues to be funded by the U.S. government with near zero effort by any member of Congress to defund the mad science experiments. The DOD, Department of Defense, is still building biological weapons. The CDC and the FDA keep pushing them. And then number 10, it's finally becoming undeniable that the USA, NATO, and Ukraine have lost the war with Russia. So Americans are at the breaking point, and this is probably true in many other nations as well. And it's only going to get worse. So our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in Yeshua HaMashiach, our Messiah, our soon-and-coming King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And if, if he didn't cut short those days, even the elect would perish, would be deceived and perish. And, you know, when Yeshua warned or answered the question that the uh, disciples asked of him, in Matthew 24, what are the signs of your coming? The very first thing that he says, tell us, the disciples asked him in Matthew 23, 24, Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and they said, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And the very first thing that Yeshua said, he said, take heed that no one deceives you. And we are now living in a culture where there's massive out-and-out lies and deception being promoted on the mainstream legacy, I call it lamestream media. So, you know, the, the main TV channels with news and the cable news channels and all that, there's just nothing but propaganda and lies, out-and-out, bald-faced lies, you know, that they say, oh, the vaccine, it's safe and it's effective. Lies, lies, lies. Take heed that no one deceives you. There's a... Um, if. It says in the scriptures, I believe it's in Romans, it talks about how because they did not love truth or seek truth, God gave them over to a spirit of delusion. And so the only way we can be protected from being deceived is to love truth and to seek truth. The scary thing about being deceived is that at the time that you're deceived, you don't know it. You're not aware of it. You just don't know. And so our only protection against the deception is to love truth and to seek truth with all of your heart. And Yeshua is the way, the life, and the truth. Yeshua is truth. Truth is a person, and it's embodied in Yeshua. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that in the end, you win. We are in a battle, the battle of the ages, the spiritual warfare of the ages. And Satan knows that his time is short. And so, Father, I pray for each and every person listening that you will guard and protect them 
from deception, from lies. May they be immersed in your truth and in your word and in you. And may you protect and provide for your people. We are going through perilous times, difficult times, times of great trial. Father, I pray that you'll meet the needs of each and every person listening. Take care of their basic needs, Father. And may you love upon them, love on them by your Spirit. Place each person into a local fellowship where they can be uh, experience the love of Yeshua through your people. Our eyes are on you. We look to you, Yeshua, and we cry out to you, Yeshua. We say, come, come quickly, Maranatha, come and set your people free. Bring us out of the the oppression and the tyranny that has risen up in this world. Deliver us, deliver us. Our eyes are on you, Yeshua, how we love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, amen. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>